I'm Amy, sex educator, somatic sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. I have a recent development. What's that? Something I just realized. Mm. What did you do? All girls think they're good at giving head. <gasps> all of them. They do? I know so many girls that don't. I really? Yeah. I, I, think, I mean, oh, I I'm teach so good at sucking dicks. And I'm like, ah, okay. I've, just, I've heard it so many times that I'm yeah. like, and then it just hasn't panned out. So I teach Blowjob 101 classes. And, and you can do the sword swallowing thing where you like I can release deeper, but, the thing. But that, like, that is not a, a good, and that is not what a good blowjob entails. And I'm not, so I'm not saying this to say that I'm good. At, I'm saying that the women that come to that class, a lot of them are saying, I'm terrified of it. I'm not good at it. I've met women in their forties who have never sucked a dick because they're just scared because they're not, don't think they'll be good at it. Oh, man, I feel like you put it off that long. You're, you're probably not good at it. Well, you're not because you have no skills. You never practice. But then they come to a class and now, and the way I teach, I don't, there's not one way to suck a dick because all dicks are different in what they like. Yeah. So the only thing that I say is that is the universal thing that, that you can apply is enthusiasm. You know, show up authentically <laughs> excited to be present for what you're doing when you're pleasuring someone else. Because if you're literally waiting for it to be over or regarding it as a job, they're going to pick up on it. But all the technique of the way you're going to touch a cock... It's going to be different per person. Like I know some people that love just slower than slow and slower than that, which we talk about all the time. That's how they want their blowjobs. And I know some people that want it like fast and hard. And so like, there's no, as long as you show up present and uh, ask questions, you know, Have like a lubricated check mouth. in, yeah, moisture and lubrication, watch out for your teeth and then also show up enthusiastic. Then like, Great blowjob. Do you feel like in, in the sex courses you teach and in the, in the workshops and people that you work with, that enthusiasm, is that like the number one, like the first thing, like just be genuinely excited to be here? Well, the number one thing, and we say this on the podcast often too, is um, presence. It's, 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 are you, are you present for you know, anything, whether it's a conversation about sex, are you being, are when someone's touching you or when you're touching someone else? Are you even here or are you in your stories in your head and your insecurities of like, what do I look like? What do I smell like? And am I going to come? And what do they think about? Maybe that, do they like me? What am I going to have a breakfast tomorrow? You know, all that shit that so makes weird. it weird. Why, why, like, it's so funny. It's the monkey pulled mind. Out of, yeah. It's you get pulled it out of the, the coolest thing that we get to do. <laughs> that's free anyways. It's what it, it's what it does though. And I mean, I'm guilty of it. April, I mean, you have that, that comes up for you. Oh yeah. I'm a super heady person. Yeah. yeah. So we have to head. work. To stay in our bodies. Yeah. And that's just part of it. That's why sex connected. I have to keep my eyes closed most of the time during sex because, and, and blowjobs and all of it, because I have to focus on really? like being in my body and the sensations that are happening all around me. Otherwise the stories uh-huh. come up. Otherwise the stories. I'm like, oh wait, oh, did he not shave today? <laughs> did he, I shave today? Is he like, judging me? To, I was like, oh wait, like, do I have too much hair in my butthole? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's what it does. And so and that's, that's where, the stuff that so happens. Where, like, with sex that, you know, good, connected sex. Because you can have good sex that's not connected. It depends what you're into. But connected sex is a meditation. It is 
a single point of focus on the touch or the breath or the sensations or the other person's movement or something, you're not all over the place and you're certainly not just in your head and stories. And so it, and so, I mean, you've meditated Connor, right? Yeah. Once yeah. or twice. Once or twice. Right. Yeah. It ends. It's not the easiest task. You know, I'm, <laughs> I meditate often. I have a, I have a daily practice and I have days where it's just so fucking hard. Yeah. To sit and just focus on that's my breath. That's what's been happening to me in Shavasana and after yoga lately. I'm like, I had to leave the other day. I yeah. was like, I can't. I almost started crying. I was like, I got to get out of Shavasana right now because I'm just so in my head. And it was like all this stuff building up. And I was like, I need to get back into my, but meditation is hard in the same realm because it's it, like. It's funny because it's, it's hard and so easy. But it's so easy. Yeah. It should be so easy. All you're doing is sitting and focusing on one thing, whether it's your breath or your body, or maybe some visuals, visualizations, maybe doing some transcendental meditation. Yeah. Sex is the same thing. Someone's touching your nipples, they're touching your cock, they're touching your pussy, they're touching your neck, and you just focus on that. And that's yeah. it. But like, it's so hard. It is so hard. But that's the funny thing about it is like, you really just have to be, pay, put the attention in one space, right? Mm -hmm. Like with meditation, the, the entry level meditation is focusing on your breath. Mm -hmm. So it's like just Focus on this one thing because you're going to focus on something. If you don't, if you try to focus on nothing, then your mind's going to fucking bounce. I mean, what's nothing? How do you focus on nothing? Yeah, nothing. exactly. <laughs> then you focus on everything, right? Yeah. Nothing is everything. So the same thing is like knowing that you can just, I, this is when I started to have like mindful sex mm -hmm. is knowing when someone was kissing me to just like put all my attention there, which came from meditation. Mm -hmm. It was meditation first and then it is sex. And then same thing into like, I, I realized how not present I was during sex. Yeah. And like getting head and doing these different things. I would just like be somewhere else. Somewhere else. I've been yeah. thinking about what the next move was, what the next thing was, or if this was going to happen. Or how am was, I going to get to orgasm town? You know, it's always yeah. like getting our, to like our, the our, destination. Our, the for guys, it's like, how do I not come? come yeah, come there's fast the opposite. How do I not right? go to orgasm town? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's so true. Yeah. I feel like my partner is guilty of that. He's 50 years old. I'm like, hey, dude, just focus on now. It doesn't matter about it's the journey, it's not the destination because he tries to think about other things so he won't come. Fast. Oh, to try to postpone it. To postpone. Yeah. I don't feel like thinking of other things. I think it actually makes it worse. It does because I can. I tune into it too. I'm like, yeah. yo, are you not with me right now? Like, are we on the same? Well, yeah. I don't I'm, think I'm, I'm riding you right now. I yeah. need to fucking be I'll here be at least. Here. The tool isn't to think about like baseball or your grandma. You know, the tool. <laughs> This is what like society teaches us, but the tool is society's to the worst sex educator. It's the worst. <laughs> porn and in society. Thank you, society and porn. Educators. But you know the tool is to focus on breath. You yeah. know, just just hone in on breath and then slow the breath. Take deep, slow breaths and slow the movement. Like that's all you need to do. You don't need to think about grandma. You can just literally take slow, deep breaths and slow down your movement, or maybe even just stop altogether what you're doing. Just take a pause, like. My pussy loves when I when there's a pause and we're not even moving, but I still have a cock inside of me or fingers or something. Oh, and it's the best. Actually. It's amazing. I love that. That's the best way. To, that's the best way to put, like put it off. But you never see that in porn, do you? They're never it's like, well, let's dude, just stop for a minute. That's the funny thing is, I I didn't I watched a little bit of porn when I was young and I, intermittently in life, but it's not a part of my life. I yeah. can say I can actively say like porn is not a part of my so life. So if you so, masturbate, you don't use porn. You just use your mind. Great of imagination, nice. and I didn't realize that I had like I just essentially had was a, had a superpower. I didn't know that was like a challenging thing for people to do because yeah. I've been doing it my whole life, you know, from junior high on, and I just never really like maybe a few times I'd like watch some like Cinemax thing at my at home when I was a kid, like you know, 
It just never was a thing for me. Don't yeah. you get turned on at certain times when you're watching, like, I don't know, like the fatal attraction sex scene when they're on, like, the, the stove in the kitchen or something like that where it's not, it's like, it's like soft that core. Yeah. It's like that yeah. voyeuristic kind of, of I, I, yeah. that's almost hotter sometimes Them than the porn. full, yeah. full on pornography well, that the, you see. Like, porn is so hard YouTube, to find. Like, I, I, like, I like porn that's, uh, like homemade porn, right? That's what's well done, but it's you like mean real like amateur people. porn, yeah. real, yeah, oh, like real yes. people. Because like it's this guy with like a barbed wire tattoo on his arm that's like grunting at this chick and like <laughs> Not she's choking on his dick. Yeah. It's like it's like uh, I I guess that's cool. Like I don't know, it just doesn't do it for me. You I can see th- you can see through it. Yeah. It's all and staged. I think it's, the same, and, it's the same reason yeah. like strip clubs are. We were talking about this earlier, but like strip clubs are really touchy because it's. I think I just like empathize with the people that are in that situation, yeah. and it takes me completely out of just yeah. being able to objectify. Oh, I yeah. try to get real with the stripper. I try to get like I was like, oh, these are we we were. I was getting a lap dance because someone paid for me to get a lap dance. This is a few weeks ago at the Condor in San Francisco, which is like the oldest strip club in San Francisco. It's all vintage, and and I was talking to the stripper while she was. I'm like, so hey, do you have like life goals because this is what you want to do <laughs> and my partner was like don't get fucking deep with this stripper right now Dude, I, love getting, I love getting deep I with like, the strippers well, I want to know if this is her life goal what did she say she was like what like looking at me like I was crazy she's like I mean uh I mean I like I'm going to school eventually yeah. I was like oh you're going to school eventually that's she was in stripper mode <laughs> I liked her I thought she had good energy and I want to talk to her and I wasn't talking down to her I was actually well, trying to like yeah. figure out I appreciate her. that because yeah. you're treating her like a real human yeah and I'm like right? who are you I always talk to the strippers yeah. like in Amsterdam when we were getting lap dances in Amsterdam yeah. they're humans they're, they're not humans. just I was like what's up girl how you doing you have a beautiful ass like fuck yeah yeah. Continue on. <laughs> <laughs> Proceed with your day. Proceed. Take that compliment with yeah, you. Yeah. This is fantastic. No, st- and strip clubs are funny like that. That's how I feel about porn too. But connecting with strippers is a really funny thing to do. I know. I, I probably should connect with strippers. <laughs> I, just, I always do it. And I always do it. I'm just like, like, why did I I'm do like, that? I'm like, God, I know so much about her now. Yeah. I actually have a, a stripper like hitting me up for drugs randomly now. And I oh, gave this, God. I, she just was asking me all these questions and she's like, can I have your number? And I was like, just being nice. And this girl, I'm like, like, what she point you gave your life? number to a stripper, though. That's just a on paper that doesn't sound good. It just wasn't, I didn't know what to do. She kind of cornered me, and I was like, ah. I was like, I don't She could have cornered me. I was like, in this booth, and in I'm like, I don't strip, know. Yeah. Like, please leave. <laughs> I, don't, I can't be mean to people. Well, it was the weirdest change thing. Change your number now. I know. Now I'm not going to change my number. I think I just ignored her enough times that it's fine. But it was a very weird, it was a very weird experience. I'm like, I don't even go to strip clothes very often. What kind of drugs does she want? Uh, she wanted mushrooms or something. Oh, well, that's kind of a great I think she, over, she overheard a conversation. And she was like, oh, hey, can you like... How do I get some of those? Uh, she's like, we want a party. And I was like... How um, do you feel about <laughs> sex on mushrooms? How do I feel about sex on mushrooms? Uh, it depends. On how much you take? Yeah. yeah <laughs> it depends, on, really it depends, on, it depends really on your experience weird. level. Like, like, It's fun on the, on the at the end, at the end of a mushroom kind of experience, if it was really good. Um, but if you're in the middle of it, if you don't have the wherewithal to kind of bring yourself back, like I was in, um, I was out with some friends at like a, at a kind of a, like a deep house place. This is a few weeks ago and I didn't really want to be there, but I was there. I just wanted to see everybody. I hadn't seen everybody in a long time. And I was like, uh, I'm going to eat too much mushroom so I can go home. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can't lie about it. I was like, I'm just going to eat like a quarter of this mushroom chocolate bar. And then I'm going to like, I'm too high. I got to go home. <laughs> so so I, remember, I remember I was sitting, I was sitting down. I was like, oh, cool. And I was like, it might not, it may not be that much. Like chocolate bars are kind of unpredictable, but regardless, I can handle myself and in, in, with mushrooms. And I remember sitting down in the corner, I closed my eyes and I had almost like a DMT vision, you know, where you like step, like you like go with like three layers behind your oh, actual yeah. head. It's like, and I was like, I looked at my back like it was so funny. And I was like, man, 
if this if you didn't know what you were doing, I started to have like real real empathy for people who would would do that and not know what the fuck they were getting themselves into. Oh god! And then be like, you would be tripping Terrified, the fuck yeah. out. And I was like, okay, I'm going home. So if you have if you're in a situation with somebody who doesn't know how to handle themselves, if shit gets a little bit weird, especially because mushrooms open you up to all the energy and it's a whole different it's a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. I have to be in nature for mushrooms a yeah, lot of times. I can yeah, it's me more too. helpful for me. Really? I, yeah. Although I was just in Barcelona and ate some mushrooms and went touring the city and it was pretty fucking cool. Like Gaudi uh, is everywhere all over Barcelona and that was magical, but was not sexual. Yeah, what do you think about mushrooms and sex? Um, I've had good and I've had bad, but mostly good. I've had bad because I'll be like in my head, like about like thinking, I don't know, about so many different things that are going like the rags that I'm wearing and my clothes that I'm taking off. I'm like, why do we wear these things? <laughs> why? These things make no sense. And it's like, <laughs> this prison of my this clothes. This prison of my clothing. It's like leg prisons are out yeah. of control. That's why you see people like taking their clothes off on psychedelics all over the I know. Amazing. I yeah. always get down to that. No matter what psychedelic I'm on, I'm always like, oh, it comes back to the rags I'm wearing and why. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I feel that, but I feel that all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. What does that mean? I think the the best substance, the best this substance enhanced sex that I've had, ketamine, was, Dude. is ketamine, and, and it's very interesting because it was um, I've had it multiple times with that where it it felt I actually I was like having sex with my partner at the time and and said, do you feel like like God's here right now <laughs> while we're fucking, you know, I'm on top of him and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, are we, are we fucking for God or are we God fucking? And we didn't really know. We just kept going with it. It was fucking amazing. I've had some next level shit Multiple too. experiences like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's Which is funny because it's a disassociative. So it you is. should actually not yeah. be very present but for what's You're in the land yeah, between. I don't totally. have a lot of experience with ketamine at all. Just one. We could change that. Right now? I mean, probably. <laughs> well, we don't have ketamine. We have chocolate. <laughs> Damn it. And lots no, of it's, wine. It's funny when you're like, it, mushrooms are really fun. LSD is like this too, where if you're having sex on it and you close your eyes, your closed eyed visuals are so different mm. and bright and vivid. And, and I don't know. It's, you get a, you, I would not have casual sex on, on any psychedelic though. Cause you end up like, you don't know what, what kind of darkness somebody's fucking. I, mean, that's true. I just you also know. don't recommend casual sex on, on, it just it's just so dangerous, especially as a man for you, like to go have casual sex with something where people are leaving their natural states, like with the Me Too movement. It's just it's it's too questionable with like consent stuff, you know, to have sex with someone that you're already in a pre-negotiated situation and then we can take substances to enhance the experience. Fine, because it's pre-negotiated, but casually it's just it's too risky out there right now i mean i'm yeah. Yeah, and i'm i'm all down all down with the me too movement and i'm i'm feeling for the women like right now i actually i just i just drank ayahuasca two weeks ago and just like was so angry and disappointed at men i so and i i love men i'm like i just love men so much but i was so angry and disappointed at men or the masculine in general for just wanting to like rape and pillage and dominate and look all so that they can feel like worthy and strong and because they haven't dealt with their own fucking wounding but and- that's what we've heard from so many like our chinese um doctor acupuncturist that was just on our the shameless sex podcast she's saying that we're two in our masculine we're two, as a, like as a the global, world the like world. a global entity we're two in our masculine I, everyone I was, needs to get in touch with their feminine their yin energy i was yeah. feeling that which but is I, true and, and i've been feeling that too i'm like i want to wear a dress and you were saying i want to wear a dress yeah, like, but damn yeah be more in our feminine <laughs> and the flip side of it is like it's not the flip side but like the other side of the coin would be 
that um, it's just hard for the masculine too, because yeah. there's this idea. You don't want to be too feminine. You don't want to be too masculine. So you got to figure out somewhere in the middle. You don't want to be the creepy guy. You don't want to be the rapey guy. You don't want to be the too like soft feminine guy. And it's not safe for you to be, be vulnerable and show your emotions or work through your emotions. So you're just carrying a whole bunch of anger and anger is the only emotion that's safe for you to go through. So that's all that you're putting out there in the world. And this isn't all men. I know plenty of absolutely wonderful men and that, that aren't, aren't this. Um, but, but that's, I haven't even remember how I got on this tangent, but, but I, but I, oh yeah, well, it's like the, the me too movement and substances. So I have, while I'm, while I'm angry and not more so disappointed in the masculine, I love men, by the way, I'm, I'm actually what I call painfully straight. I, I only sleep with men. Um, and I love them. I've loved men since I was like two years old and I wanted a boyfriend and I'm disappointed in the masculine in their, I'm just like, even though I know society doesn't make it easy for them to step further into their feminine and to be more loving and vulnerable, um, I'm still like, get it fucking together. And, and that, I mean, that softness provides this, this like outlet to be able to, I don't know, just to be like more, more real, more connected, but they're just like, they're not, they're not in it. They're just not in it. So this well, message well, brought to you by drugs. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what I always yeah. say when I'm on. This message brought to you by drugs. It was and it, it was important because also I because I will also state that I have daddy issues. And yeah. the, the yeah. basis of this was I saw Me my dad too, a week honey. before and I was seeing him and how all he I saw I realized in this in this ceremony it's like, oh my God, anger is the only thing keeping him alive. If you took anger away, you'd have no passion for anything in life. Yeah. And and so that's his fuel. And so then I and I have compassion for it. And so like the consent and the me too thing. I have compassion for men in that it's hard right now. Like all you have to do is have one woman or one human man, anyone call you out and be like, Hey, he touched me inappropriately. And I you're mean, fucked. You're, do you yeah. feel like you've ever had a me too situation? I mean, honestly, like, what do you mean? Like, uh, what do you mean? Either what, been me too or felt like maybe you did something at some point. Yeah, been me too. How would I have been me too? I mean, men get me too. Men get me too. Yeah. I mean, I was, I might have me too someone or two. I got, I mean, it was definitely like, I was super trashed in Mexico when I was like 20 and some girl like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like it's, took advantage of me, I guess. Or whatever. Right. I, I don't but, know. but to you, it's not really a big, like a big deal. I mean, but I like, didn't love it, but it wasn't like, I wasn't, you I'm weren't not, traumatized. I'm not, I'm not traumatized. Right. Like, it was yeah. just weird. Your body it didn't was like, like numb out and shut I, down. And the only reason I, did, I, I, I wanted to be there. I just had a girlfriend at the time. So it was like, right. I felt bad. I just felt guilty. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But so it wasn't that big of a deal. It was like yeah. at the end of the day, it's like not that big of a deal. So part of you kind of is saying that you I didn't want, feel you, I didn't feel it. violated. I just felt like I guess it was super fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. And I was twenty yeah. years old in Mexico. Like it's like not that big of a right. surprise. Yeah. Like no one's out there like, wow, I can't believe that happened to you. Was it Cancun? Uh, no, it was Riviera Maya. Oh, okay, well at least that's. Same, same. Yeah. Bit of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> highly intoxicated casual sex. No, but there's yeah. there's definitely been some things. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, like you, I can see how some, th some there's definitely things I I've done that could have been mi misconstrued. Mm -hmm. Like I'm genuinely not uh, pushy with things, right? Mm -hmm. But I am sexually pretty aggressive. Mm -hmm. Like in my normal life. I'm a, I'm like a big teddy bear and that's the best thing for me to be. I'm a large man. Like I'm a big dude. Six four, everyone. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> for me to be aggressive would be like too much. Mm -hmm. So yeah. for me, it's like, I'm, I kind of teeter on the other side where I'm a super chill guy. I don't really like, I don't really like, you know, I'll, I'll, I've gotten in all, I got in a lot of fights when I was younger, but it's like, that's all silly shit. Like I just try to keep things pretty tame. But then sexually, like I am pretty aggressive. So you get, so that's, so, a, that's the counterbalance. So too. it's weird when you have like a push back and it's like, 
you have to know someone really well, like almost to the point where at this point, and this, I think I really appreciate you saying that it's kind of hard for guys because at this point it's like the first time I sleep with someone, I will let them take the lead more than I normally would mm-hmm. because I'm just like, let's see what you're, let me like, let me feel you out first. Like, what do you do? <laughs> like if I, if I give you the control, like what, how does that feel? Then I can, then I can start to match that mm-hmm. versus just going. I think like, that might be Connor. the best advice too yeah. for other folks that may be struggling because it is, it is like a really interesting time all over the planet, especially in, let's say, Western first world cu- cultures, which are dealing with this Me Too movement specifically. Um, but like, what, I mean, because uh, like you had to be in, you know, give adversarial advice to some, uh, another man your age or of your stature, that would be a good way to, to Of my maybe, stature, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, that's the hey. thing, that's where it gets tricky, right? So yeah. if you look at this and this guy stepping into the feminine, like I am very gifted and the fact that I'm a big, masculine-looking dude. So for me to step in my feminine, super easy. Mm-hmm. Now if I'm five foot eight, 165 pounds, yeah. if I step into my feminine, I've now You're become like a little feminine. bitch. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. not cool either. So it's like yeah. you go to places like, like Encinitas, California, right? Yeah. Love that place. Super yeah. nice. The guys there are the women, and the women are the men. Mm. Ma- the women are the masculine okay. there. And it's so clear to see it, and it makes me super uncomfortable because I just don't get it. It feels weird to me. Mm. But they've, they've gone the other way where they've like hyper... Hyper What's an glor- example of that? Well, hyper, uh, they've, hyper, they've, 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 they've glorified femininity in men. Okay. And so you get these like super soft dudes. But are they having a lot of, are they like, are the women loving, are the straight people, like are the women loving it? Is it an issue? Like, I don't know. I because think, that's I, a, that's a thing in Japan. And I've heard of this where the, the men in Japan are, are culture, cultured to be hi, kind of hyper feminine. And the, and there's like this big disconnect between the women and the men. And there aren't a lot of, as many people like procreating and getting together. It's like, this is a, this is a thing. And I, I heard this like three years ago, so I don't know if it's still a thing, but, but that could be Yeah, I know. I mean, there's definitely, when you get a masculine man that walks into that that environment and just from being just from this is what the girl what the girls say it's like the women like salivate for it there. they're like, like oh finally like oh yeah. my god <laughs> i mean everything like it's, it's everything. a lot it's it's it's, in, it's intense because the masculine wants a feminine and the feminine wants the masculine it's like and it's, it's not a gender-based thing too right like this could be in between this everyone's different some people are you know they have female body folks that are more masculine and and everyone has masculine feminine in them and at the end of the day, it just comes down to balance, you know, mm-hmm. balance within ourselves. Like, of course, we could be more masculine, feminine, vice versa, or maybe we don't identify with either. I know plenty of people that are like super gender fluid and, and they're like, one minute I'm feminine, the next minute I'm masculine. And they use they and them pronouns. Um, but I think in our, in our romantic partnerships, there kind of always is a, it's a dance. You know, it, you very rarely have two people that are like hyper feminine or hyper masculine. You know, they're, they're kind of like, balancing that with each other in this in this way and so if you have a lot of people that are um are are all on like one end of the spectrum within a community it kind of could be limiting in that sense yeah. so, and then we have a culture that makes it hard you know for uh, so i feel that i feel for the men i'm disappointed in you guys get it fucking together <laughs> like this is what i think you know this is what i came to and i know i was on ayahuasca and this is this is real because i still feel this way so for men, even if you're the good man who has not me too'd someone, you haven't, um, you know, tried to hurt Mother Earth. You know, you're not someone that is hurting men, women, whatever, to try to validate yourself. You know, someone who has. You know, a man. You have a brother. You have a son. You have a dad. You have an uncle. You have a friend. You know, someone who has. Speak up to them. Like they're going to listen to you. They're not going to listen to us. And and it's your job as their brother 
even if you're not a blood brother, to step up and inspire them to be better men. Tell them how it worked for you, what you've been through, how you fucked up, how you've stepped into your higher power and inspire them. And, and that, so that's what I'm disappointed. I'm all yeah. I like, even my the good men in my life, I'm just like, I'm, I just want, I just, yeah, I just, I want to see more. I want to, I, I believe in like, I'm an eternal optimist and I, my glass <laughs> is half full and I'm like, why this is bullshit. This is so stupid that this is how it's going. Well, and if you can step into your masculine too. So if you think about that as a man, if you can like truly step into your masculine, like create enough awareness of yourself to step into that, then it's a lot easier to step into your feminine. Yeah. Like you, you can, the more you step into one, the more you step into the other. It just takes context on both. Totally. But if you're kind of in denial of one, right. So if you're, if you're shamed, you know, speaking of like the shameless sex podcast, you're like shamed for being hypermasculine or masculinity is kind of villainized. Yeah. Then it puts you, it kind of, it kind of paints you into a corner. Totally. Well, it's like, which, well, which way am I going to go? Because at the end of the day, like as a, as a human being, as an animal, like I'm trying to procreate. Yeah. <laughs> like we're trying Exa- to get laid. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like, and that's one thing I, that's what, what it's doing. I feel like with, with these guys and in, in, have, you know, hella power and leverage that to, you know, get blowjobs for movie parts or whatever, which is really the, the, I guess at the start of this whole thing or like the Bill Cosby type shit. Yeah. It's, it's strange, but at some point we kind of like romanticize power and, and, and people bend to it a lot. Like people will do yeah. a lot of things to, to move forward. And it's like, you know, even like Brian Callen, somebody I respect a ton and what he, the work that he does. And he was like, man, when I was getting started in this, like I would have done fucking anything for a part. Mm-hmm. anything yeah so you've got to empathize with people who are like oh well it's not that big of a deal at the end of the day your like soul. marilyn monroe joked about it mm-hmm. you yeah know? yeah she signed she thinks she signed uh i think she signed a, the, the big movie deal where like you know it's like her big break and she said I, that'll be the last dick that i have to suck for a part oh yeah i heard that now that may be yeah. hearsay but i heard that and i was like damn comes from somewhere it. maybe it wasn't like a physical <laughs> dick right then but at <laughs> yeah. some point she was like whoa but it's true and, <laughs> yeah, but that's right? what you have to ask yourself which is what my I don't know, my underlying thoughts with the Me Too movement, I'm really um, proud of women for for stepping forward. And, and, for, and not just women. But and every, not women, yeah. but yeah. folks, especially though in the, in the film, speaking in the film industry, it's a lot of women that have come forth. Who might like, might worry about, am I getting it apart after oh, I do this? Right. Yeah. But at the same time, a lot of this has been consensual. It, like, like they agreed to it. They agreed yeah. to it before because yeah. of just like the Marilyn Monroe quote, because of that part that they really thought would would take their career to the next level. Yeah. So is it wrong? Or is it right? Agreement would be that consensual coercion's not consensual. So if someone says. This is like, super important. So the, yeah, that. I mean, that's the disagreement. You can say yes, but if someone's saying, hey, essentially you have no way out they're like you can either be broke and poor or you can do this to get to actually have the life that you want but it's still a choice that you say there's a choice you're not bound they're not slave putting you into slavery or sex trafficking general industry is all operating that way and they can't have no choice you know other than to change yeah change industries Change industries entirely. Or don't get that part and move on and try to find something where you go to the next studio where the other guy's doing it too. I mean, it's been all over the place. It's not yeah. just that one place. You know, it's not just it's one just, dude doing it. I, so I yeah. get, I get what you're saying. That there's a choice. I, look, I've been me tooed into uh, like when I worked when I was 24 years old. I got offered a better position if I would go on the date with the VP. He was like, come on. And I was like, fuck you. Like, I'm out. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't care about any of this. This is, I'm bigger than this. 
And well, granted, I'm not an acting. It well, wasn't an acting, deal, but I just think that there's yeah. a certain but, but level in, of... In business in general, as a woman, is like that's... It's, it is. And I was young and oh, I was actually, like, what? Actually, fucking hey, I hadn't thought about this. <laughs> I worked at a company that was women dominated at one point in time. And I, I fucked my manager. I go. did not want to. There you go. I was like, I don't want to. What was I going to do? She was coming on to you and it was like. Yeah. Because you're afraid you're going to lose your job. Yeah. I was you like, and she already didn't like me, but I think she just wanted to like hate fuck me. Yeah. Uh, I forgot yeah. about that. You got me too, bro. That's Holy too. shit, bro. Welcome to the club. Yeah. High five. High five. Me too. I mean, it doesn't matter. It was like fine. But the thing, that's the thing. I think this mentality difference. I'm like, I mean, it's whatever. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm of the mentality. It's like, especially when I'm single and I'm like out in like exploration phase, as long as I'm safe. It's like, if I don't have a reason not to, I'll probably do it just for experience and a story. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're like, I don't have all this trauma from yeah. it. I just like, okay. okay. Yeah, it was like, it was just, I'm like, oh yeah, actually I remember the It'll time and I was like, I can't really say no to this. Like literally walk into a bar at this place where everybody was kind of at and she intercepted me before I even got to everybody and she was like, let's go. And I was like, where? She goes, your, pl- my, your place. And mm-hmm. I was like, but don't, she's like, no, let's go. And I was like, that was it. I didn't have a conversation. I was oh. like, it just at a bar down the road. And I, she she's like, this me. is basically just like a cum receptacle for me right now. <laughs> she's like, listen, here's the deal. Like, okay. Here's the deal. She's like, she didn't like me, but it was like, yeah. I'm a big masculine dude that she has access to. You're just, like, yeah. you're just the dick donor. Yeah. yeah. I am sometimes. <laughs> I have been. Oh, I'm sorry. Not, Aww, sorry for what? You see what I'm saying? It's like, see, if I was just the pussy donor, I'd be really upset about that. But it's, it's, see, there's, there's just so many things that like, we can't just say, that it's you know consent and there's so many components right like there's years and years of ancestral trauma there's the fact that we uh when i say we april and i as uh feminine bodies are receivers who who guaranteed one or plus one plus so many of our ancestors have been raped Mm -hmm. you know we have ancestral karma of of rape in all of our families as women it's just no way around it i'm native american so it's definitely of course yeah all up in there and we super super raped next level rape even if you don't believe in ancestral karma then there's also just the fact that like you know female bodies we have to be a little more careful out there Mm -hmm. in the world um, and there's just, and then, you know, maybe we're a little more emotional than people who are masculine. And then you just take into account, not just us, anyone who has trauma, right? Like in the Me Too movement, any, you know, actress who's claiming Me Too thing, they have trauma here. They might have some trauma in the past too, that makes it more susceptible for the trauma to be like more extreme. So there's so many components and you can't just like narrow it down to this one concept, of like why this happens and how we mm-hmm. can fix it. Cause you have to yeah. look at all of it and it's huge. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. I think people need to work from their higher selves no matter what. And then God, how do we teach we can transcend to, to another level. I mean, that's Jesus. the solution. Then all we of could them. give them all some Every, ayahuasca. Yeah. Just and operate then from your highest self. If the whole that's world it. drank some ayahuasca and finally started to like see through their shit. <laughs> I think, a lot, I think everyone drinking ayahuasca would be a bad idea. I'm going to go ahead on record and say yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know if everyone's really quick like, that. Yeah, you do like, need to I can see like Walmart people on ayahuasca oh, would be like, terrible. It would be a lot to be a lot to deal with. I don't oh. know a shaman on the planet that can handle that. Oh. <laughs> just so you can go like get like 10 random Walmart shoppers and just take them to the Amazon and see what happens. Oh. That would be a fucking dope documentary though. That would be Kyle Thierman. Kyle Thierman, I got your next That's the real world of the real world right there. That's the actual real world. Let's see what happens. That's a social experiment. 
straight up old school like kidnapping watch, people from I'd Walmart, watch that. giving them jungle drugs. Oh my god! Then they, then they all just start burning down Walmart. They're like, my mind that? just blew up a little bit with that. That would be so weird. I cannot hope that. So hope that happens. I'm kind of excited about it's it. It's just a bunch of people like, what the fuck it's is like, happening? It sounds <laughs> like, like they got, they got drums. Like Big Brother on steroids. <laughs> or like like, like hi- hippie Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that is like survivor meets yeah like some kind of what other i don't know a lot of reality shows but that's like a survivor because you're out in the amazon meet some what's a ridiculous real housewives oh in new jersey w- uh. yeah. <laughs> well it's funny because it's, funny, it's like, we're not cool with like unconventional empowered dynamics when it comes to sex but we can like kidnap people from walmart and give them jungle drugs and that's fine <laughs> like non-consensual that that's <laughs> not a me too movement dude you're fine we're trying to help you we're doing it it's yeah. for your own good it's for your, it's own. For your own good <laughs> just be your highest self in this okay we need you, we, we need you here we're rooting we'll for you, you we just need we <laughs> know what's best for you just listen to us we've been doing this for a long no, time but i think the funny thing that when it comes down to this and, and it gets watered down is because because there's so much shame around all of it. Uh-huh. There's so much shame around. I mean, y'all's podcast name is a shameless sex podcast, right? Yeah. So you get, you get that. And I think that there's something to be said for like the rape, like the rape culture, right? I guess rape culture is now spun into, it all kind of dovetails into me too. But rape culture is really interesting because there's a lot of like borderline consensual, consensual college level. Your things happen that people regret essentially mm-hmm. is what happens. But I think that they get shamed into regretting something and then pointing at somebody else, which of course you would do if you're like if you if you get victimized by everybody around you, you accept victimness. Mm-hmm. And then if there's victimness, then there has to be some kind of perpetrator, right? Yeah. I think you see I mean, now not that not that like girls in college are are, are targets in a lot of ways when it comes to sexual assault. But I think there's a lot of times when it's just like, ah, that was kind of I kind of regret that and that was that was kinda of, I don't I wish I wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. It's different than getting sexually assaulted totally yeah right and i think the shame level the shame is the biggest piece there right like i remember seeing um a little like psa ad type graphic thing from a college and it was like this sleazy guy at a bar and it said like don't drink drinks that you didn't you know whatever like drinks that you've left sitting somewhere or somebody that somebody random gives you something something like basically tips on how to not get date raped it's like this guy wants to ruin your life Oh, and I was God. like, so you're just basically saying like, if someone rapes you, your life is right. Then your life, yeah. is, you're, you're, yeah. you're conditioning young girls to believe that if something the world happens, is them, over. which is by them just yeah. living their life and really is just the fucking luck of the draw thing. Like it's just yeah. the wrong place, wrong time has nothing to do with you being a bad person. You're not wrong. You're not broken, but we're going to tell you that if it happens to, to scare you out of putting yourself in those situations, which you're going to get into because you're a fucking human being. And then it's like, Oh no, no, now you're broken. And now you have this sexual trauma forever. That well, that's was what they tell you about STDs. That's what they tell you about so many things. Like once, I mean, literally, like, like you're, you're, you're broken. Yeah. You're totally fucked as soon oh as these God, things dude, happen to you. This, this thing in, in junior high fucking tripped me out now that I look back on it because I'd forgotten about it. Is the, and you guys, I'm sure you've heard this, like the gum analogy. Have you heard that before? When it comes to women? No. Like it's like it's like it's like when you get gum stuck on the bottom of your shoe, like every step it like picks up more shit, and that's like every partner. Oh, like yeah. so the more basically like the more we were taught in junior high that the more the more partners a girl had had, oh the more the, stuff. the more dirty she was of a female. Yeah, 
Uh, I think it was. I think it was. It leaned female. I think it was like everybody. You but it grew was basically up in like, Texas, though. Yeah, I grew up in yeah, Texas, man. Texas. But that's like the conditioning that we had. Totally right. So which play, which plays nicely with the like Madonna horror complex. Oh, it works real well, right? Like uh-huh. I, I remember on the podcast with um, my friend Ali Waddell, we're talking about this, and she was talking about how off how common it is to for a, for a guy to be jealous about how many partners a girl's had before him. And I was like, I think that's the only time I've said that's retarded on my podcast. Uh, that's full on retarded. Yeah. <laughs> that makes no sense. I mean, do you ask people that you're sleeping with uh, how many partners they've numbers? had? Numbers? Numbers. No. Me neither. No. It's not I mean, important it's not to me. I'll, I'll have a I'm conversation like, about it, but it's more from the place of like, hey, let me, t- tell me something that most people will judge you for and I won't judge you for it because right. I don't give a shit. Right. Like, I'm here for you now. Like, what yeah. do you, what I, like, well, you can irrelevant. I'm like, oh, you've had yeah. a lot of partners. You've had a thousand partners. You must be really good. A thousand? Yeah. Jeez, that's you a know, lot. I mean, I'm giving you a, a, a vast example. I, I mean, don't know. Not like I'm, I'm like, never, not judging you. It's just a fucking, I mean, that's, a, that's impressive. I've never asked my partner. partner's 50 years old, so maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I've had 14 partners. That's it. I'm 35. And I, and I know that because I've counted and I made a list just in case. If I have a list on my phone. Yeah, I'm 33. Actually, in your current partner was, was your 33rd. my 33rd partner. And I, and I, I, and <laughs> on I, my 33rd before birthday. Before we were ever, because you yeah. were like, I'm at 32. I was like, dude, you got to go. You got to sleep with him. I'm like, you got to go fuck, because I didn't even know him then. Yeah. Like, and yeah, he was. I remember encouraging you the night before your birthday. Yeah, well, I, I banged him. There you go. Twice. 33. Tw- twice? And, Same yeah. night? No, no, no. The other one was like a month later. And then, um, and then, uh, got back together with my ex partner and then she got together with this guy and there was no, never, that was never planned. It's clear based on this conversation that you guys don't have, there's not a lot of shame around sexuality nope. with you guys. No, no. So what I want to hear and you guys talk, you, you also lead workshops to work with people one-on-one or in couples. Is that, um, yes. Yeah, like, so give me the rundown of what you guys do. So we do, so we have the shameless sex podcast, which we started in June of last year. So it's only been around 2017. For, yeah. 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 Less than a year now. Less than a year. Um, yeah. it started as, a month after me. Yeah, like you, you're May. Yeah. May. yeah. We were like, were we the last week in May? Last week of May. Yeah. It, it was, was like, like last Memorial, Tuesday Memorial May. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were this around the same time. Yeah. Anyway, it was a passion project, but before that, April and I have been working in the sex toy industry um, I work for a company called Uber Lube and I am their educator and she works for Hot Octopus, which is a super awesome high end male masturbation, a vibrating male masturbation sleep company that is based out of the UK. Um, and we both got our start in the sex industry at the same time. I opened up a sex shop in Santa Cruz called Pure Pleasure um, and 10 years ago and she was one of my best friends at the time and I saw her work ethic because she's a fucking cutthroat worker. <laughs> savage. And, yeah. and she never savage. worked in the sex industry and I was like, you're going to be our manager. And I didn't even like, have what? a vibrator. Yeah. I was like, uh, what? I worked for Budweiser for a little bit doing like marketing and yeah, I was like, you're going to leave that and you're going to come. Yeah, I was like, it's so, it was a, such a massage. Oh my God. It was like the most misogynistic like environment I've ever been in. And Budweiser? Uh, the p- particular distributor I yeah. worked with but they were, um, they were Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch um, entity and and it was really hard. It was the good old boys. Yeah, the but good I was, old boys. So I was like, this is not where I belong. So we and stole it. Amy was yeah. like, yeah. Amy was like, you should, should come sell work dildos. This. And I was like, I don't, I don't even have vibrators. She's like, I think you're gonna be good at this. <laughs> and she was, she because was I was very open about sexuality, and I had a just had open a, in general. I was yeah. open in general, and I love talking to humans and working at this store, which retail is great, but for me. It definitely was, I was ready for the next level because retail, Mm -hmm. like talking to the end consumer is awesome, but you become this, this total 
uh, psychological. People think like, they're your therapist. Yeah, they're like, I'm, we're just trying to sell you a sex story. Yeah, they're like, but can you tell me about? Can you answer all my? They're problems? like, I'm 60. I've never like, had an orgasm. I was like, oh my. Here's a vibrator. Yeah, yeah. There I'm you like, go. well, yeah. here. Hopefully, this helps. Which is you. awesome and rewarding to sell. Like, it I had really a, this woman that was 80 years old. She'd been married for like 60 years. Her husband died, and she had never, still never had an orgasm. I sold her her first vibrator. I was like, fuck yes. I did that. Like, I mean, and I didn't really do anything. I just sold her. But like, thank God this woman came in and finally is going to yeah. get an orgasm before she dies. And she stayed married without ever experiencing this like euphoric connection to divinity or however you define it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, because creating a safe place, it's a sex shop is, is a, <laughs> whatever you want. It's like a yeah. safe place for people to go and be open, which is what where shameless sex basically spawned out of that. Like that entire, I don't know. Um, the experience of working in a sex shop and then our friends, both of us have always been, and you actually have a degree in Amy and human sexuality. And she does more work with somatic, like you do somatic and relationship coaching clients privately. Right. So, and for me, I just well rehearsed in like relationships and, and, having neutral advice most of the time about, you know, life and things. And so just being, being objective about, about what's going on. I try. Right? I really being try. a nice third party. I, yeah. Coming from my higher self, I'm always like, okay, if you're living in scarcity or you're doing something out of fear, that's probably not the right way to approach it. So I think from that, shameless sex just spawned out of our, um, our ability to sort of collaborate and be these women that could like, uh, be inspiring and, so, and, and be empowered in an empowered way of life. I think, we try. It's yeah. always a work in yeah. progress. So I love that. Day. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so, so in the work with women that you or work with people that you do, mm-hmm. where do you see shame manifest itself the most often? Like, what are the, some of the areas where that, through sexuality, that it gets that it gets brought up, or that are some of the common areas where that is uh, limiting, like so, limiting someone's experience. So, a lot of uh, a lot of women have shame around desire, um, especially in long term relationships or marriages. They. Not enough. They feel like it's not enough desire. They or, they don't have enough right. desire. They, they don't they don't possess enough. They desire don't want to have sex as much as their husband. This is in straight relationships for the most part too. What we're speaking to, but there's yeah, there's a lot of shame. What's wrong with me? I must be broken. It must be I had a baby or the birth control or whatever. I love my partner and I'm attracted to them, but I don't want to have sex with them as much as I used to. And I must there's something wrong yeah. with me. And there's shame around it. They don't want to talk about it to their friends because they feel like they're broken and um. And so we talk about this all the time, different ways to work with that because, you know, it's our largest sex organ is our brain. It's mm-hmm. not our genitals. And, yeah. um, you know, you're familiar with like sex at dawn or have you heard of, you know, Esther Perel's work yeah. with mating in captivity? Yeah, and the, our, our fans are like Esther Perel. Oh my she's God. I'm obsessed with boss. her. I yeah, she's I, like, I'm love her sexually attracted to her. She's I, beautiful. I, she's like, it's like, when you speak, oh and she like, speaks she like nine languages fluently. And, yeah, I'm like, who and, are you? Yeah. The accent. I'm like, she's I, this the, that's the oldest woman that I've ever been sexually attracted to. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not, even, I'm not, not even attracted to women and I kind of want to fuck her. Oh my God. Yeah. She's like and such she's a, just gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> and she's amazing. I've got to get her on this show, but it's like, I hope she, I hope she hears. That's one of our goals for shameless sex too. Esther, we want you on all our shows. I'll speak to you all Francais. And we actually might meet to ourselves now have sex with you to work our way up the yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn we're that obsessed with you. She was like, I would be me too. I could be me too. By she, for yeah, sure. Oh my gosh. She's so amazing. But her work is so important. And so but it, she is such a dynamic, fierce, 
therapist. Yeah. Like she has so many experiences in working with people. I don't know. In general, if, you, if, if she, your listeners yeah. haven't heard of her or She's you fantastic. have, like she, she just came out with that newer series. Uh, the, um, where the State of Affairs. The State of Affairs it's is the book. Well, then, then she has the podcast. The, yeah. it's, where uh, should we begin? It's like an audible series. Where should we begin? Yeah. Where should we? And there's two seasons and it's really yeah. great. I'm actually through season one right now. I'm starting the second season. It's so really I need great. To, I need to look, they have them on, on iTunes too now. Yeah. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. But they start on audible and that's, that's crazy because that's people volunteering to have their lives like put out there. Right. Like, there's real still life couples. Still it is anonymous. anonymous. I mean, part, yeah, I, they're anonymous, I'm but pretty it's sure she charges like a thousand dollars a session or something. So I would go, if I had some, some couples relationship issues, I would gladly go there to get free therapy from her because that is gold right there. You can there. still I mean, I just, do it too. I just started I think the podcast interested. and started putting it out there for everybody to hear. I know. They, <laughs> you all get to hear our relationship <laughs> issues now. So, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> bring it back to what we're talking so about. yeah, so, so yeah. in terms of the work, so the work that she's done and what she talks about and, um, you know, so we're humans. We get in, in partnership or partnerships. Um, we like newness. We're very attracted to newness. It's new and exciting and spicy. But we habituate because that's what we do. We get used to something. And we that's a good thing because then we feel safe. We can feel at home. We can feel at ease. We're not always at edge. But when we do that, desire leaves, right? When we get really safe and comfortable, desire is not as easily obtainable because, you know, the, the um, formula that she uses and a lot of people use in the sex industry, or not sex industry, but the, the sex therapy world, would be that attraction plus obstacle equals desire. But once we habituate and we feel safe and we're in this like committed partnership, then all of a sudden obstacles not there. Now what April always says, and she's quoting Esther Perel is, um, obstacles actually kind of always there because you never fully have someone. You think you do, even if you got a ring on it, you don't fully have them. They could leave at any time. Like they're not, you don't own them. You don't ever disappear. own anyone. So maybe if you remind yourself of that, that every day, we're choosing to be together. Yeah. That we could, and we can change our minds and choose not and to be And you're not together. bound to that person. A ring doesn't bind you to that doesn't person. Doesn't do shit. We, doesn't think, do we anything. think it makes us feel so it's safe. It's a symbol. It's, yeah. it's, it, and that's all it is. And people, people get really caught up in like the labeling of, oh, now I'm married to this person. You don't own them. They're never yours. Well, isn't it great how there's a simple shift in perspective to like, okay, I am in this thing versus like, I choose to be with this person. Mm -hmm. I just, that's a, it's the same fucking day. The yeah. day looks exactly the same. Like yeah. you, you're, you're the only thing that changes is how you conduct yourself in, in your life, how yeah. you bring, yeah. how you show up for your life can change the complete perspective in it's your dynamic. Being and mindful. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's just, just by changing the way you look at it. Yeah. Like just change your perspective a little bit. Well, some people think and that's like, the, huge. the ring and the the wedding certificate. I mean, the, when you look deep down into it, like it's still a choice. And the only thing keeping you safe is that they're a little, maybe more trapped. Like it's <laughs> yeah. harder to leave the, now. The barrier to exit it's harder, is huge. Yeah, it's yeah. it's expensive. It's time consuming. Yeah. You know, April got a divorce. You know what that? What I mean, that feels like. honestly, Yours was easy if, compared if you to know anything else's. about, I mean, sex at dawn, like that. Totally. Granted, I am a monogamous by nature, but marriage. Since I'm not a religious person, I value people that love the tradition of marriage. I'm like, okay, great. That's good for you. However, it comes out of ownership. It comes out of ownership. Yeah. And it's, it does. It's property, and women, but basically women being property as well. Yeah. It's not mm. necessarily. Or children. Let's and procreate children. to make children yes. out of little slave so, children. I have a problem with that. <laughs> well, true. that's the thing. But that, that's, that's what I get. I want to jump in here and say that, like, that served us as a species then, yeah, at a time mm -hmm. in, in, in history, not in 2000, something. not 2018, yeah. son. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, no. that doesn't make any sense. And it's like that's that's the, the shift that I make. And, and it's funny, I actually got called out for this last night, uh, with a girl I'm seeing, and, and she's you know, I'm in this like on it, Aubrey Marcus, like open relationship, very open relationship forward yeah. community. Mm -hmm. And she was asking about marriage, and she was like, you know, uh, I think that a lot of people in their life get 
peer pressured into getting married. And I think that you actually want that and you're getting peer pressured into not wanting it. <laughs> <laughs> you're the opposite. <laughs> like, no, but I've actually gone that way. I've gone that direction where I was like, oh, I think, you know, I think I am. I read Sex at Dawn, yeah. read Mating Captivity and went that direction. Where I was like, I just want a different perspective on relationships. So my first thing to do coming from such a conservative world was like, let me see if I'm going to go to the other end of the spectrum and see what that's like. Yeah. Let me just explore that and just explore it at least mentally, emotionally. Well, good. You'd, it'll give you the good perspective. Exactly. Yeah. It gives you some context. And then you come back to a place like, okay, cool. I really just, I would like to have a, a badass partnership that's really all encompassing in a way, but there's like understanding that we're fucking human beings. Yeah. That's yeah. the biggest thing for me. It's, it's all about, and I think this is so important. And we all, I think harness this well, like at least from what I know about you, Connor, and of course how well I know you, but you, no matter what you're doing with a partner, marriage isn't going to solve any of the issues Children are definitely <laughs> not going to solve this. Moving oh in together God, is to not going to solve the issues. If you it's only going more to difficult. amplify them. It's just going to prolong those real problems. And the only thing that you can do is find happiness within yourself. And I struggle with this as being a secure human in general. I, I like to think of myself as secure. I have my insecurities that come out from time to time with various ways. But I still have to check myself and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not finding happiness in this person. They they can help amplify my life and, and bring out. They're not making you happy. But you, they can't yes. make me happy. I need to find that within myself. So I check myself on a regular because you can fall into that trap so easily. And it's so important easily. to check yourself. Yeah. And you, the, we're also like, again, society as a whole, if you, lean, if you, if you look at the direction it leans is you complete me. Right, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that whole story. I'm like not Jerry, whole, but Jerry I need Seinfeld. you to no, be whole. Jerry uh, Maguire. Jerry yeah. Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> Seinfeld. Yeah. I thought Springer for a second. I know. I yeah, that's probably, it's probably been said on this umbo. Actually, <laughs> yeah. damn it, it's dramatic. Um, <laughs> no, but we had that mentality. Like we're taught, we're taught that the same way that we're taught. Like, yeah, you know, a girl who has had sex a lot of people was like gum on the bottom of a shoe. It's the same. It's like we get taught these things, and we're not we're not old enough to really to question that when you're yeah. eight or 10 or when you start hearing that it's like, Oh, well, that's cool. That's what love is. Yeah. It's like, is it though? Cause you, 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 there's a hole inside of you probably from something in your life where you, nothing's going to fill it besides you. Things can like kind of disguise themselves to fit that, but you got to fill it yourself and be able to pour back into yourself. And I actually had a, same, a similar conversation. It's like, I would like for a person to be with a person that really does get me fired up to be a better version of myself, mm -hmm. but not because they don't think that I'm enough. Yeah. I think that those things get mixed up where it's like, no, they love it. They, they just, they love what you are. So be more of it. Be awesome. Be more you versus you're not enough to be with this person. And a lot of people will put themselves in those situations to like try and write something or prove it to themselves or prove it to their, you know, well, it's just, daddy it's, issues, it's mommy old, issues, it's whatever. Old trauma. Yeah. It's old trauma. They're trying to heal. And not mean, enough, especially as a lot yeah. of people go through. Yeah. People keep choosing the, a familiar situation that it's very familiar to their childhood wounding with mom, dad, or someone that hurt them or traumatized them or raped them or whatever. And there's, and there, it's not their conscious adult mind that's choosing it, by the way. It's like the hurt inner child that's like way beneath their, their control that chooses these familiar situations. And so that's why people are like, why do I keep dating assholes? Or like, why do I keep dating women mm. that keep like stomping all over me? Whatever that is, you're cheating on me. And there's like old wounding. And it's, this isn't hippie shit. This is just literally like old familiar, familiar situations that your system is trying to work out. And that feels like home. It's trauma and it feels safe. And so they keep choosing that. And they they really don't have an option until they start to work on it with therapists or having experiential, you know, actual experiences that remind them otherwise that they are worthy and they are whole and that they don't need 
the other person to um, fill fill the void. But yeah. if someone has a lot of trauma, you can't like we're all saying like just choose yourself first. They no. can't do it. They no, no, can't you, do it. You, it took you, me a divorce. You're too, you're, uh, and some, you're too and in the therapy middle, yeah. and, and therapy, therapy. and, yeah. and, and wanting to fucking die like suicide. Where I'm like I'm not good enough. I can't believe I fucked this up. I can't yeah. live without. I can't this live person. without this person. Yeah. And I was like whoa. And it took rock bottom for me to see the light. Like I had yeah. it. I had the I had the darkness to see the stars because I was like fuck like what is happening to my life right now and then I realized like I am the person that's in charge of my life my I create my story I create my own happiness like what brings me joy then I started living in those moments and doing things and you had a therapist at the same time I did and I I did have someone to talk to that was neutral and that supported me and gave me proper tools and it wasn't and I'm a, a general optimist just like you you're a super optimist I'm like super happy so for me to be that dark was rarity in my 35 mm-hmm. years on the planet so it was like but i like i it's cracked funny, open yeah. and it really did bring me to another level of my life and i value that those moments it's funny how you can handle situations like that where you like you're you're so beat down it's like you have to then choose what you really value about yourself yeah and like rebuild those things you yeah. don't have, it's like you don't have enough to do all like to do all the things yeah it's like man i gotta really figure out what the fuck i care about about with when it comes to me yeah. and then bring that to the world and it's well, so liberating, but just, I mean, sometimes you just got to go through the shit to get there. You it's have so to. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the stuff like people go through. Granted, like we were talking about when people get raped or they have these really traumatic experiences and they think they're broken. And you're like, no, these things are hard. You can be a survivor. You don't have to be a victim. Yeah. And you can inspire other people with your story. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, like it's heavy stuff, but it's fucking real. And so I want to say for victimhood, I'm I'm I am. I think victimhood can be very toxic. And sometimes when people experience trauma, they need to be a victim for a little bit. Yeah. Just for a little bit. Yeah. You need to yeah. be like, for sure. it's okay to go into the why me, poor me, like fuck the world. The world hurt me for a, while, a little while. Just a little while. Because yeah, that's true. Like fuck the world for hurting you. How dare they? You know, how, how dare they, whoever, whomever did that to you. And you can't get stuck in it. And so like, I I think victimhood serves a very short time and place, but uh, so many people are getting stuck in it and just living an entire existence in it. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing. Even if like, even though traumatic relationships, right. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's a little, there's a period of fuck you after that. Yeah. Period of like, oh wow, I realized how shitty you were. Like, go yeah. fuck yourself. Yeah. Right. And then you're like, okay, you're cool, we're, we're fine now. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. it's like that's not. That's Maybe the end of the day. It's like, it's like, yeah, hey, you know what? I'm pretty woke, but yeah. at the end of the day, I'm a fucking human, and I'm kind of pissed off because yeah. you're an right. asshole. Fuck <laughs> you, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh really? You, oh, we're gonna be, you want to be friends now? Like, fuck off. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> yeah. it takes the breakup to actually realize too. Yeah. Oh no, you, you need space. the time. You're like, no, I need that. What do you? Why the, don't one, leave this me? This quote from uh, "Stealing Fire" by Jamie Wheel and Stephen Kotler says, "You can't read the label when you're inside the bottle." Oh like yeah, no so clue. Love that. It's like you're Blind. too close to it. Yeah. You're too yeah. close to the project. And, and then when you're out back. of it, you're like, well, shit, what was I doing? Like, who the fuck was that guy? What yeah. the hell? Yeah. Why didn't anyone tell me? Like, yeah, they did. You just didn't listen. Yeah, they, to did. Blind. they told you all the fucking time. Like <laughs> yeah. literally, like it was a common thing. Like, yeah. No one, no one surprised, motherfucker. But yeah. then you see yeah. those relationships of especially friends that go through the the cycle one, two, three, four times of breaking up and getting back together with someone that you obviously knows like it's, it's probably not gonna work out for you but you have to be supportive yeah, yeah so i was like well it, yeah. you know what go through your process and do what's good for you but i'm like damn can't read the label when you're stuck inside a fucking bottle <laughs> is a great analogy yeah the genie like can't that. rub his own lamp you, you know what i'm saying <laughs> like seriously that is a stick a step so the, okay the of, i think at the end of this fucking hour-long rant we've been on already like like <laughs> i think that we're all clear on the fact that people bring shit into romantic partnerships 
whether that be casual or, or fucking 30 years down down in a marriage, right? So what what's the most impactful way to give something some everybody something to take away to really create a, a, a shame-free environment in sex as best you can, knowing that that's not going to be 100% possible from the jump. But yeah. like, how can, what, what intention you take in, like what kind of actions can you take to create a really positive um, environment for sexual exploration? So I have a couple of things and then I'll throw it on over to you, Chip. Do you mind if I go first? No, please. Okay, I, I love feel, when you go first. Like I'm going first. <laughs> Thanks. I'm, um, I'm the stink. You're the pink. She's, <laughs> she's the chip and I'm the dip. <laughs> um, okay. So I just want to say a couple of things. Okay. Number one, um, everything is normal and everyone is normal. There's no not normal. Number two, our philosophy, and this is the philosophy of a lot of sex positive um, institutions, would be that all consensual sex is good sex. So as long as it's consensual, it's it's good, it's great, it's wonderful, and no matter what you're into. And um, I think that with the shame piece is that um, people, people are, everyone has different interests. And as long as it's consensual and respectful of other people's interests, then it's all good. And we are, we are not entitled to shaming them and just because it's different from us. And maybe we don't understand it. Maybe we're like, I do not understand why you like having sex with watermelons. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> I don't get it. Or like why you like to masturbate with the grass and you know, like, but okay. You don't feel like fucking plants these, are, these things aren't normal I, I mean I know people are not normal so many different it's, it's an, I mean, everything is normal and I don't have this rate I'm just making some weird analogy you know weird I don't even know if that exists but um, it does I'm sure it, it does, does. It every, you can probably find a website for it right now does and what I'm saying is that just because someone has an interest that you're not into doesn't mean that it's not normal that it's that is I mean it's 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 okay it's healthy as long as it's consensual right the grass whatever we don't know if the grass is down with it but like other humans aren't being harmed other animals that can't consent aren't being harmed things like that and so that so that's the piece is to understand that we're all so dynamic and so diverse I mean we show up with our own stories and our own experiences and our own trauma and our own things that we can't even explain that don't even come from experience we're like I don't know why I'm into this shit I have no clue <laughs> but yeah. as long as it's consensual and respectful then it's okay now it doesn't mean you have to be with that person right if someone's re really into fucking the grass and they also want to be in a relationship with you and it just weirds you the fuck out you don't have to be in a relationship with them but you also don't have to shame them you yeah, don't have right. to make them feel like a terrible Come human Come from your being. highest self. Yeah. There's 7.6 billion people in the world. I'm sure you'll find someone else that yeah. will Everyone's suit your different. needs. And I'm Everyone sure if you like to fuck grass, watermelon you can find somebody else yeah. who wants to fuck Yeah, go find the other grass fucker. You know, yeah. someone's another grass fucker out there. And, yeah. Or someone's just really yeah. open. You and get them grass fuckers. If I saw somebody fucking some grass, I'd probably give, I would encourage them. But you just, you keep yeah, doing you. you get that grass. You get that grass. I bet that grass is enjoyable. Always find your people. The internet bringing people closer together. But talking about plants don't you know wasn't it Harvey Weinstein Harvey Weinstein's that his name uh yeah I'm pretty sure he was jerking off on trees I don't think those trees consented to that oh god no. well a lot of things <laughs> consent to that guy <laughs> but yeah yeah it so, started so, with trees and then it was all downhill <laughs> the bark I wonder if he was like rubbing up against the bark Probably not. I love the person that comes in there like waters the trees. Like, God damn it, dude, quit coming on my trees. Yeah, there's some oh. sticky, weird stuff. I would just add to that and say that, that just it, like quickly that I think finding someone that you can um, feel safe with sharing some of your vulnerabilities is really important to release some of the shame. And we've talked a lot about that in our podcast because those are like the weights that bear you down a lot in life and like being you don't have to be explicit about everything that you felt, but I think like being vulnerable. So there's so much power in that, mm -hmm. even though it's, it's a sign of weakness to some people, but 
being totally vulnerable and open can be so liberating and actually transcend you into living in, in living with things that you've experienced, but living with them, like with a, with a deeper understanding of yourself and also finding that safe person, whether it's a therapist or a friend or a parent or whoever, I mean, is there's, there's so much in just exposing yourself and being raw and real. That's what fucking humans are made of. That's what makes us awesome. We have this like tissue and chemicals that are reacting that allow us to communicate in these ways that we we create fancy stories and we create (laughs) animals with fancy stories. Yeah. It's like we, we're very like interesting creatures and I think like we are animals, but it's cool that we can share. And so taking a moment to be raw is going to help you release some of the shame. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. I I like that. And what April and I always talk about on the shameless sex podcast is, um, you know, we're we're just well practiced in this stuff. Like we weren't born, and really, we're constantly practicing. We're practicing all, and, and all we're the like time. two steps forward, one step back. We're yeah. always educating ourselves and practicing, and so all this is a practice. So if it sounds like you know talking about your vulnerability or, or the things that are hard, you know, like oh, last night I had sex with my partner and I couldn't get hard, and this is a regular thing, and that's really embarrassing, so I don't want to talk to people about it. You know, heavy conversations like that that we're taught like you can't tell people because they'll think you're weak. You know, for April and I, we're very open about these kind of things because we're well-practiced and we have Mm -hmm. experience in it when we weren't raised to be that way necessarily. We've just exercised it a lot. And so now it's easy for us. So the more you practice talking to safe outlets where they'll still love you, even when you're in your weakness and they won't even look at you as weak. They're like, fuck yeah, you're human. I still love you. And yeah, that's hard. But we've also had breakthroughs after we lived our truth, if you will. So yeah, like yeah. having those moments of knowing you're still loved. Yeah, because I live the life of like, I'm not going to be vulnerable. That means I'm weak. And, and that didn't fucking serve me at all. I lived in like this oppressed bubble for years. Yeah. So I'm just saying from my own perspective and, and seeing what you've done as well, Amy, with releasing like shame, like it has been liberating and helped us live like the lives that we wanted to live. Quoting Brene Brown. Brene Brown, everyone yeah, go look up Brene Brown. Yeah, Brene Brown. Men, women, oh, and worthiness. Yeah. She's so badass. Like she that book has had talks. Yeah. yeah, go look she up Brene Brown. We gave you a lot yeah, of homework, amazing. listeners. Brene Brown. So, and much. so much homework. I <laughs> yeah. have to like find all these all these links. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We just gave you all this work. And the thing that's a big thing too when you're talking about this and and not being ashamed of the fact that when you try things that are new, it's going to be kind of clumsy. Totally awkward and bumbly, and it's like always. It's almost cute. It's like the first time you're like having sex. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of awkward, awkward and weird <laughs> and like, you don't really know what the hell you're doing. And I think that you're only really exploration away from finding new things that, have, that you enjoy. Yeah. It's trial and error. We yeah, have there's to try so it. many things. There's so much yeah. you can do. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't apply some of this to my life, I think. I mean, uh, every yeah. time that we talk, I say the same thing. Like, I need to start doing what we're talking about. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do a lot of it. And I ha- totally. Yeah. I try. I go, I snap in and out of it sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking killing it. And I'm like, damn it. Yeah. I didn't do any of that. Like One step back. Last it's night, too much LSD fucks you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. <So. laughs> God damn. We were all on psychedelics last yeah, night. We That's were. the funniest thing. We're like, hey, mind yeah. expansion, okay? My mind is hella expanded. I fucking love kinky. See, you can tell from our speech. See, we're not dum-dums. No. <laughs> oh, sex, drugs, and sex. Yeah. Sex, sex, drugs, and sex. The best show time of all time. Brought to well, you guys. by... This message brought to you by drugs. And shit. <laughs> But actually, we're not on any drugs right now. No, we're, no, we're not. Well, we're just, we're some fermented grapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ferment. That's yeah. it. We yep. wine and wine and Brussels sprouts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and be Broccoli. fermenting other places later. <laughs> the Damn most it. sexy foods yeah. ever. Uh, it's been, yeah, it's been, it's, um, yeah, it's 
This was fun. You're awesome, Connor. You're this awesome. was fun. Thanks, yeah. Guys. Thanks for having time. us, Connor. Yeah, where can everybody find you? I mean, obviously, this is a shameless sex podcast on iTunes. Yep. Yes. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and you can download YouTube. our website, YouTube. We yeah, are doing web- our, on 420, actually, we're doing our first ever YouTube live. Oh, yeah. Um, because we get so many sex questions. We, we get have so many sex questions. Literally, answered. like, a we get lot. like three a day At and least, we love yeah. them we, we love, love them. them and we read them all but it's just like we it's impossible for and us right to now our goal is to answer all of them so like at some point we're not going to be able to but right we'll, now we we yeah. are still doing that so if you want to email us and ask a sex question you email shameless sex podcast at, at gmail.com gmail, yeah. um, our website is shameless sex at no shameless sex <laughs> shamelesssex.com I almost at shamelesssex.com and we even you can ask questions on there mm-hmm. um, YouTube live just tune in it's on 420 at 4 p.m. Pacific at four, Standard yeah, Time yeah, Pacific uh, Pacific. Central we're on Central Time right now in Texas people are all over the place man yeah, yeah. so <laughs> it's 4 p.m. Pacific Standard, Standard time. time so if you're in New York that's like 7 <laughs> yeah okay yeah, and do we'll the math it please it's the, recorded so you can listen whenever you want and the way to access it you would go to our website shamelesssex.com and there'll be a link on our homepage or you can go to Pure Pleasures you YouTube, so look up Pure Pleasure Shop on YouTube, and it will be on there too. We'll be answering sex questions, and if we have time, if you chat, go in a chat box there, we can answer them live too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're doing, we're putting together workshops. You know, I teach workshops. I'm teaching one here in Austin on Tuesday, but this probably won't come out before. We'll be then. at the Shameless or the Shameless. I keep calling it Shameless she Sex. Expo. The yeah. She Expo, the Sexual Health Expo in Brooklyn in September of 2018. We're all over the place. We're all, all over the place. Yeah. We you guys are. are just, you're the balls deep. We be We are yeah. constantly <laughs> slanging the sex toys and yeah. drinking the wines, like drinking the, the wine. Toys. And if you see us. Yeah, come drink a glass of wine with us. We love hanging out. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, guys, this has been fucking awesome. Yeah. Thank, Thank you so you much. Honor. Thank you. Bye bye. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.